Welcome back to Home Ice Advantage. My name's, of course, Colin. And if you're new here, please subscribe and share with your friends. And if you're not new here, still share with your friends. It helps out a lot. We appreciate it. Um, today's episode is going to be on a brief history of Carolina Hurricane sweaters. Or uniforms. Or kits. Whatever you want to call them, we'll be talking about them today. This past Tuesday, sportslogos.net broke the news that had been hinted at for years. The black alternative jersey would replace the red home jersey permanently. For those new to the fandom, Hurricanes jerseys used to never change. From 1997 until 2013, the jersey didn't change. It just didn't. And that's 16 years for the people who don't want to do the math in their head. I'm going to skip over the 2008 Reebok adjustment, because while they did introduce the first black alternate jersey, they didn't do anything else. They stuck to the old CCM design on the new Reebok format. The alternative flag also showed a lack of creativity within the organization. The single flag design has a glaring mistake. There's a handful of these weather flags that are used to warn swimmers and vessels about different weather conditions along the coast. They can warn from anything from local rain, a shift in the temperature, or the one Hurricanes fans should know about, a hurricane warning. There's just one problem with the original black alternate jersey. The single flag, so a one red square with a smaller black square in the center of it. That does not warn of a hurricane. It just simply warns of a storm. For it to be a hurricane warning, you would need two of the squares. This mistake could actually have been pointed out in the original like launch of the team back in 1997. But no one seemed to care enough to have it changed. Or maybe no one wanted to spend the money to have it changed. Something that we had seen happen a lot under Hurricane's prior ownership. But in 2013, a change was finally made. But also not really. It felt like the team tried to modernize their look, but simplification took command and creativity was straight up ignored. Nothing really changed. Black was removed from the end of the sleeves and tails of each kit, along with moving the warning flags that wrapped around the tails. They didn't touch the black alternate design at all. The design team made over a hundred drafts, including a right jersey that would say canes diagonally across the chest. But it seemed like it was all for a wasted effort. I must also clarify that I don't hate these jerseys. Like I don't I'm not out here, oh my god, these are the worst jerseys ever. My 2002 Rod Brindamore jersey is one of my prized possessions. But looking back at the almost two decades of jerseys, nothing really pops out to me. It almost seems strange that we didn't get any more versions, but we'll get to that. Entering into the Dundon years, things have been a bit different. Tom purchased the team in January of 2018. By June of that same year, the organization announced a new alternative jersey. Not only would this jersey fix the long-standing error in the warning flag, the new jersey even had a hidden North Carolina between the two flags. That same season, the organization reached into its past, donning the Whalers' quest again on the ice. This, of course, was not done without pushback from Hartford fans or just Hurricanes fans who don't want to hear about Hartford, but it showed that changes were coming. The following season, in 2019, the Hurricanes would announce their new away jersey. Six years after the original design was created, a white Canes jersey with canes diagonally across the chest was unveiled to the public. Dundon was also not afraid to admit his dislike for the jersey he was now replacing. Multiple times that season, the Hurricanes requested to wear the red jerseys while playing on the road. 
The California clubs and the Kings, the Sharks, and the Ducks all obliged. While playing a game in Montreal, while, again, donning the red jersey rather than the traditional white road jerseys, Pierre Lebrun reported that the Hurricanes had requested this because Dundon was, quote, not a big fan of the team's current whites. But this actually kind of brings me to the point of this episode. That's right, this has been a bait and switch. Some clickbait, maybe, you would say. Today I actually want to talk about what Tom Dundon has done differently in this department compared to Peter Kamanos. In fact, I think it goes broader than the uniforms we wear on the ice. It goes to our fan experience, it goes to the different advertisements we have, and the different partnerships and branding opportunities we've had as an organization. I'm going to try to tie it all into the jerseys. This could be a total train wreck, or I could pull this off seamlessly. You'll have to listen to find out. The clip I'm about to play is an interview with Tom Dundon on ABC 11 News just about a month after the official announcement of his purchase of the team. Obviously, still early. What's kind of the first thing that you're trying to get the ball going on in, in order to not feel that way? You know, we've lowered some prices and, you know, we're looking at making the experience better. And that's, I'm flying some of the staff with, that's coming with me to Dallas to look at the game ops of a couple of the teams there and see if we can't learn some things. Um, so if we can improve the game ops, improve the pricing, um, you know, look at getting rid of lines where there are lines. So it's just there's a lot of little stuff right now, and you know, hopefully over time, we'll find some some bigger things. But I think now there's just a bunch of the little things that I think most people would tell you, you know, they come here and they say, why do they do that? But so we're trying to ask those questions. Dundon from day one saw the problem with the organization prior to his ownership, and it wasn't that we were bad on the ice, although we were at the time. It wasn't that fans didn't care. It's never been that Hurricanes fans didn't care. It's that the product that was served to us, the experience we were offered, wasn't up to par. Dunton said his first priority was the fan experience. How can I lower prices for them? How can I make the experience better? How can I make sure that I'm waiting in line 20 minutes to get a hot dog during intermission? These were his goals. I think it was more than just making someone happy. The real thing is here is how does the team create revenue? That's what's important here. Revenue. A team can't survive without it. Ask Hartford. They learned that lesson. When Dundon bought the team in 2018, it was believed that the team would operate on a $20 million loss that season. At the time, the team was servicing over $250 million worth of debt. Those are the stats of an organization that will be relocated. Now, in Dundon's case, he made a seven-year commitment not to relocate the team after his purchase, an agreement that has been broken many of times in professional sports, including with this franchise in Hartford. And this is where Jersey's come back in. That first season, within six months, as I've already said, Dundon decided, let's update our alternate. And he did. And... I don't have exact figures because they don't get released, but I guarantee you releasing that third jersey generated tens of millions of dollars in revenue. And then the following season, after, you know, hating the away jersey, he decided, well, I'm going to update that one too. And while I don't think that one was nearly as lucrative, it did two things. One, it changed the jersey he apparently didn't like. And by apparently, I mean we know he hated it but it also generated online traffic. There's a reason the Hurricanes Twitter page has 
become so prolific within professional sports? It's because online traffic leads to fan interaction. Fan interaction leads to sales. And that's that's really what this is about. Dundon and his organization building sales, generating sales. So Dundon had seven years, or not, to make the team profitable and make it worth not relocating. And he's done a terrific job of it. Just in that first year, 2018, the team's revenue was $108 million. They operated a $20 million loss. The following season, 2019, it was $128 million. They picked up that $20 million loss from the year before. The year after that, in 2020, it was $116 million. And you might be thinking, hey, but that's less than the year before. Where's the progression? That's a COVID season, guys. That season got interrupted. Sales were drastically down. Ticket sales, non-existent. He didn't get money from the playoffs that year. The millions and millions of dollars that comes with it. Yet, he was only off by $12 million, a number he surely would have destroyed if the team had been able to gain revenue from the playoffs that year. But I will finally bring it back to jerseys permanently. The most popular jersey right now, like the highest grossing sales-wise, is the black alternate jersey. And Thursday, as I was recording this episode and working on it, the team had made the official announcement from the news that that had already been leaked. But they also gave us just a little bit more. This is the final paragraph of the article announcing the switch. Our red sweaters will still play a vital role in our team's tradition and in celebrating our 25th anniversary in North Carolina. We've identified a number of ways to look back at the past while also focusing on the current team and what we are continuing to build towards. We will release a full uniform schedule in the coming weeks, but we think our fan base is really going to like how this will all come to fruition this season. This next part is going to include, let's say, a controversial leak. If you're active on Kane's Twitter, you know of Lord Stanley's warehouse and the weird events that have gone on around it. Basically, the story goes that this entity has leaked several things before the team announced it. I don't know how, I don't know who this person is, but they tweeted this shortly well, two days before the Hurricanes made the official announcement about the black jersey. The Canes Reverse Retro this season will feature a primary color of red and will likely feature a throwback logo independent of a Whalers theme. An anniversary jersey and obviously a stadium series jersey are also in the cards. So basically, the Carolina Hurricanes will release three new jerseys this year. Something that had been rumored because we knew we would get a Reverse Retro and we knew we would get a stadium series jersey and we knew that the team was walking on a new home jersey, thinking that they would come up with a new one rather than just transplanting it for the alternate. And this is why I've been talking about Dundon being a better businessman. Every time they release a new jersey, they get revenue. They get fans to engage with the brand, whether it's online or going to games or just opening up their checkbook. I guess not checkbook, but the wallet. And Dundon's ability to release a new and exciting jersey every year doesn't just show that, I guess, he really did not like the jerseys when he bought the team. But it shows his attention to growing the fan base, his attention to get 
the organization in a better place. You can look at a bunch of other things that he's added to the organization. One, I've already mentioned our online presence is incredible. If you don't follow the Canes on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, that's on you. It is a great time. But they've also launched a partnership with R&D Brewing to create Stormbrew. R&D Brewing being a local brewer in Raleigh, about 15 minutes away from the arena on Capitol Boulevard. The in-house, like, game day operations is so much better. The, the new Jumbotron is incredible. The renovations that they've done to the locker room made it a modern locker room rather than one that was stuck back in 1997. And those long lines he talked about in that original interview, while they were still present, don't get me wrong, there is now so many more different kiosks and little cut-ins to go buy a drink or get some food in the arena. It's insane. You can't take 20 steps out of your section without having the opportunity to buy something. A lot of the coverage before it was announced that the game would actually be played at Carter Finley was that Dundon was really pushing for this after he bought the team. It was a day one request to the league from a new owner. Hey, we really want this game. And it was seen as like, well, why why would the Hurricanes get this? Obviously, outside the market. Inside the market, they were like, please let us have it because money. But outside the market, it was, why would the Hurricanes get this? When he first started pushing for it, we weren't a contender yet. Some people even said, well, where would they play it? Obviously not realizing that there was a college football stadium literally right across the street from us. But none of that's the point. The point is that Dundon has done what it has taken to engage the fan base, to get them back in the building, to get them to watch games again, to get them to interact online, to get them to spend money. And that is more than obvious if you just look at our jerseys. If we really do get three new jerseys this season, that will make six new jerseys that we've had since he purchased the team. I'll even give you that two out of the three were from league-wide events. The reverse retro is not a Tom Dundon decision. That is a league office, hey, everyone's going to do this decision. So take the two out, and you still get four. Four new jerseys, just from Tom Dundon. That's almost one new jersey per season since his ownership. And I'm sure it's eventually going to slow down because, you know, jerseys have to mean something. It shows you his vision. It shows you the direction he's going in. It shows you he's trying to modernize the team. The next clip I'm about to play is from his end-of-season press conference in 2018. Unfortunately, I don't know the reporter's name who asked the question. I apologize if you're listening. The basic premise of the question was, does Dundon feel some type of way about how many visiting fans were coming to the arena at that time. Not at all. I, I just want them to come. I Look, I I grew up in the East Coast and ended up in Dallas, and I hated the Cowboys, and I liked the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles just won the Super Bowl, and I didn't care because over time I became a fan of the team that I was around. And so if they come, unless they're on the one team that's going to be great forever, if when their team starts losing and they live here and you guys cover us and we start winning and we have players engaged in the community, people will become fans of our team. So I'm glad they're here. Um, I'm not, I don't care who they root for. There's plenty of these fans that are, they say, oh, I root for you except for when this team comes. I think, I don't know why I'd be upset about that. So I got a lot of other things to worry about than who someone roots for. I want to end the episode with you thinking about this. 
Were you in the middle of Tom Dundon's revitalization slash transformation, whatever you want to call it, of the Carolina Hurricanes? Were you watching the fan base become what it was in 2006? And then sooner rather than later here, it's going to become better than it ever was. We're going to have six new jerseys in that five years. We have a head coach who has defied all expectations. Don Waddell has fleeced several of his fellow general managers. And perhaps most importantly, and Dundon didn't do this himself, but he put the right people in place to make sure it would happen. He got the league talking about Carolina Hurricanes hockey. Now, to be fair, ESPN is still stupid. I'm sure that there are still members there who blame us for leaving Hartford. I'm indifferent about that. But hockey culture as a whole, hockey media as a whole, talks about Carolina. Talks about us being a contender. Talks about our fan base. Talks about the experience of the games. And that's what's different from five years ago. Thank you so much for listening. I'm hoping this bait and switch didn't make you too mad so that you can still give us five stars on whichever platform you're listening on. And share this with a friend, please. It helps us out so much. Like, you don't even understand how much it helps us out. Follow us on social media. We have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine. So wherever you like us, we'll be there. Thank you for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday releasing our full off-season extravaganza. And then the Saturday after that, I might release another episode, depending on how this one does. I do also want to say thank you so much for everyone who listened to The Ballad of Stormy. It was our best-performing episode by a mile. It smashed our old record, and I, I'm, I'm just grateful. I am incredibly grateful. So thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.